Hello Spectrumites and other people. My name is Forrest and welcome to the Pancake King, Life and Marriage on the Spectrum. The podcast for you to learn about the autism spectrum, learn what it's like for someone like me to live on the spectrum, and what marriage is like between two people on the spectrum. You know, considering all I've talked about on this show, I'm surprised I've never really gotten into social anxiety. It's something that impacts a lot of people, but people on the autism spectrum are one of the most common groups to be affected by it. To take one of the most basic definitions I was able to find in order to describe it, social anxiety is like another form of fear, where people are scared of social situations because of the possibility of being judged or humiliated by something they do or say. Because of this fear, they feel like they're better off not interacting with people at all since this is the easiest way to avoid embarrassing themselves or offending someone else. While my wife KG has never been diagnosed with any form of social anxiety, she is on the autism spectrum, and as I said, people on the spectrum can be affected by social anxiety, sometimes to an extreme. If you read my Substack article last week, you saw that I recommended the anime series Komi Can't Communicate, and if you didn't, allow me to explain the premise. Komi Can't Communicate has a simple one, where a young high school boy named Hitohito Tadano, I might butchered that slightly, meets a new girl at school named Shoko Komi, who suffers from extreme social anxiety, and Tadano makes it his mission to help Komi make exactly 100 friends. Komi can't bring herself to speak at all, not even to someone as simple as a barista. The best way she can communicate is to write all her words down, prompting Tadano to do the same so they can have conversations. In the first episode, she explains that even something as trivial as discussing the weather is impossible for her, which Tadano responds to by asking her through writing what she thinks of the weather. It's a sweet story about a girl trying to overcome her social anxiety while Tadano, who serves as the audience's perspective, tries to help her. Before I get into the show more and how Keiji and I watched it, first I should get into what happened before that. She and I had lunch with a friend of mine and his new girlfriend last week. It wasn't the first time, and at this point, Keiji felt pretty comfortable talking to both my friend and his partner. Unlike Komi, Keiji can talk, but she still fights with those same worries, fears, and insecurities that Komi fights with, along with others that have social anxiety. She second-guesses herself, kicks herself for saying things that she fears might offend the other person, and worries that in her autistic state she'll dominate the conversation with everything that interests her without giving the other person room to contribute something of their own. What if I'm boring them? What if I offend them? Are they really interested in what I'm saying, or are they just being polite? Am I pestering them? These are all questions that run through KG's mind in social situations. She doesn't want to approach people either, afraid that she'd be inconveniencing them. As KG put it shortly after that lunch, it feels like there's no winning. She wants to have friends, just as much as anyone else does, but these fears she has can prevent her from making progress on that. We went to JCPenney after lunch to look for a new comforter. It was Black Friday, and if there was any day I felt good about buying a new comforter, it was that day. And just as a side note, it is really hard to tell who's an employee at JCPenney and who's not. They need to change their dress code. I'm serious. Anyway, while we were there, we were trying to look for someone who could show us where a particular comforter was that we found displayed on a bed. We liked the look of it, we liked how it felt, we liked the price. It was meant to vaguely look like Christmas covers, but we didn't care. Finally, we found an employee. Two of them, in fact. 
but neither of us were sure if they were actually employees. All the employees in the store, to my knowledge, wore red shirts, and even then, they wore different shades, so it was still confusing. Keiji did not want to approach them and ask if they worked there, afraid she'd be embarrassed by finding out they're not and thus potentially annoying them. Using my suave, extroverted self, I approached them and found out they, in fact, worked there, so nothing bad happened there, but this is a pretty normal thing in our married life. I'm usually the mouthpiece, the negotiator, the representative. I'm an awkward guy, but I can talk to strangers. I don't like a lot of strangers, but I can talk to them. That same day, we decided it'd be fun to get into Komi Can't Communicate. Keiji had already been reading the manga off and on, and she found that she related to Komi a lot. So watching the show seemed like a no-brainer, and I'm a fan of slice-of-life anime. My Hero Academia? Fell asleep. Attack on Titan? That was some weird depressing stuff. Sword Art Online? Fell off after two seasons. I like an anime that's slice-of-life with, if it can do it effectively, a nice sci-fi twist. We started watching Komi. And stopped after 10 minutes so I could go fight with my stake in peace in order to pay full attention to the show afterwards. Then I came back. And then we finished the episode. With Keiji shedding tears. She wasn't still upset about earlier that day. I even confirmed with my friend that she had never bothered them in any way. I even confirmed with my friend that she had never bothered them in any way. She just related to Komi in a way that hit home for her. It was a familiar feeling about herself that she had had for a long time. The fact that she made any friends at school still surprises her to this day. She's seen the way I'm able to interact with my other friends and have a lot of fun, and she wishes that for herself. What sucks as her best friend is that I want to help her, but it's not as simple as giving her friends. I can invite her to join me and my friends once in a while or set up double dates, but that social anxiety is still a thorn in her side. I kick myself for saying things to people that I regret too, and sometimes I've even worried that I'll lose my job because I said something without thinking. I've been lucky so far, but one of my biggest issues is that too often I speak without thinking. I have a very broken filter. KG struggles to communicate in general, and I struggle to communicate with thought put into it. It helps us feel closer together when we have our own communication struggles, but my more extroverted personality will always clash with KG's introverted one. We often battle these things silently. Some people battle their social anxiety in ways that are visible to others, but that's not the case with KG and I. We're good at putting on a straight face, but it's not a natural one. Do you see eyes that listen when you talk to us? That's not just done without thinking. We have to constantly hold it up like we're holding up a sign and trying to keep it steady. We can't look you in the eye or even keep our face directed at you most of the time. We speak, we strive to listen, then kick ourselves afterwards for a dozen tiny things you most likely didn't pick up on. The safest place for us is our living room on the couch together, either minding our own business or engaging in something together. If I go out alone to an event, I want to go back home immediately after stepping foot inside, and if KG comes with me, she wants to leave before we even get there. We love our families, we love the friends we have, but we stare through a glass window when we're with them. We want to invite them in, let them see the world exactly the way we see it, be a participant in this private world we've built up in our heads, but we live day to day knowing that will never happen. I don't even know KG's world all the way through, though I've experienced more of it than most. KG doesn't understand my world all the way through, but she understands it better than most. 
That's one of the things that holds us together like glue. There's more than just a semblance of understanding. That's what Tadano works to do when Comey can't communicate. He works to gain more than just a vague understanding of Comey. We love people who put in the work to do that. If you have a loved one on the spectrum who feel like they can't connect with others, put in the work to gain more than a surface-level understanding, especially if they see you the most. You may be one of the only people they've got, and they'll love you for your effort. Don't just do the research. Don't just listen to my podcast, either. Do the work. I want to thank you for listening to the finale of the season of The Pancake King, Life and Marriage on the Spectrum, and sticking with me through this journey. It's been an absolute blast doing these episodes and sharing parts of my life with you, as well as what it's like to be two autistic people married together. And I'm going to be back with the next season on January 17, 2024. Up until then, I will continue to occasionally release new content on my Substack at thepancakeking.substack.com, but don't expect it to be weekly, and expect it to be more discussion starters, less thorough articles and more discussion starters to try and get the community talking on my Substack platform. I really want to get people talking on this platform to talk about autism, to share their own stories, and I think that will be a really great way to get into 2024. I have a lot going on next year. I've been cast in a film that will be shot locally and I am working on the third draft of my novel and I've already sent the first part of it to a professional editor. I'm going back to college to finish a degree that I started nine years ago, and I'm going to finally close the chapter on that. So, yeah, there is a lot going on next year, but I'm still going to be here. I'm still going to do this platform. I'm still going to do this podcast. So, I'm going to post a discussion starter on my Substack to ask you guys what you would like to hear me talk more about next season. I'm going to need all the help I can get to map out this season, but I'm also going to be spending a lot more time doing things that are script-based rather than off the cuff. Because while I had a lot more episodes this season that were off the cuff, sometimes those are okay, but uh, other times I need something a bit more organized. So whatever you guys can give me, as long as it's respectful, I would love to hear your feedback. So thanks again, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and I will see you in 2024. Goodbye, everyone.